uh, to God's Word. If you have your Bible, 2 Thessalonians and chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians and chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1. We're carrying on from uh, last week. Uh, the title is, For All These Things Must Come to Pass. Last week we looked at the great falling away. And this week we'll look at the man of sin. I don't believe that we'll get through it all this morning, so a couple of weeks' time we'll, we'll come back at it again. For all these things must come to pass. The man of sin, also known as the Antichrist, will read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. Now, Father, we pray for your help and for your anointing this morning. We're careful, Lord, in all these things that we need the quickening power of the Holy Spirit to come upon your word, to give us ears and enlighten our understanding. Lord, as we turn and open your word today, would you breathe upon the pages? Lord, would you enlighten us and give us, Lord, revelation from your word today of the times that we're in, the day that we've come to, and Lord, the people that we should be in such a wicked age. Oh, Father, we pray, would you baptize each and every one of us with the power of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, would you unction us to cause us to stand. And having done all, we will stand. Lord, we pray, O oh God, this morning, Lord, bless your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. And we give you the glory. And everyone said, Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. Now we beseech you, as Paul is begging of the church, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sinneth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. In Matthew chapter 24, when the disciples inquired of the Lord concerning the end times, the last days, and the end of the world, in verse 6, the Lord instructed them and told them, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Everything that we read in God's Word must, must be fulfilled. The day of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, shall not come except there come a falling away. We looked at it last week, a defection from the truth of God's Word. And in that context of a falling away, a departure from the faith, the culmination of the present age of which we're a part, the soon and the sure and the sudden coming of the Lord will be marked by two things, that falling away, the spiritual climate will abound at this time, will be an increase of wickedness, and the love of many will wax cold. It will be a world that is completely inspired by the Antichrist, by Satan himself, and it will have character and purpose. 
the head of this system, this world system, the Antichrist, when we look at him and see his character and purpose, that will permeate throughout the whole system that we will face. Now that might seem dramatic, a dramatic statement to make, but I want to show you from God's word that that is exactly what this last age will be, completely inspired by demonic, by a demonic realm driven by a satanic power with an antichrist at the head of it prior to the coming of the Lord. Paul, you know, some people might feel, look, do we need to talk about these things? I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Do I really need to know about these things? Well, Paul had told them in verse 5 in our reading, Remember ye not that when I was with you, Paul would discuss these things with the church. This was the conversation of the early church. And I surely believe it should be the conversation of the last church. Now that we see such a dramatic statement made of a defection from the truth and the rise of an antichrist world and the revelation or a disclosure of the Antichrist, I believe it's important as believers that we look into God's Word and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to bring the revelation of this man of sin, the son of perdition, also known as the Antichrist. He will be revealed. That's what the Bible says. He will be revealed. That word simply means there will be a disclosure of the Antichrist. Who he is. Now everyone believes, and this is where there is agreement, that the Antichrist is real. That he is a man, and that there is a revelation of him. There's different interpretations of who people believe he is, the who, what, where, and why. And that's important then as mature believers that there can be diversity in that interpretation. But we all agree according to God's word, that the man of sin will be revealed. The Antichrist will be ahead of a world system. Now listen, this is important. And it affects everyone in this room, saved or lost. It will be a world system. It will be a mixture of religious, political, social. And as the head of that system, that system will reflect everything of what he is in character and in purpose. So when you see him, what the Bible says about him, you'll understand that that whole system that he represents, you'll understand its character and its purpose. Just like the kingdom of God, just like God's own kingdom, we the people of God represent who he is and we should portray him and his character. Isn't that right? The kingdom of Jesus Christ in Colossians 1 and verse 12, first of all, we just look at this. If you have your Bibles, turn over. Colossians 1 and verse 12 says these words. Colossians 1 and 12. Follow the Scriptures with me this morning. Colossians 1 and 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So first of all, the kingdom of which we are a part of is a kingdom in light, the light of God. Verse 13 says, Who delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His own dear Son. Are you translated? 
Praise the Lord. It's good to be translated this morning into the kingdom of His own dear Son. This kingdom then that we are a part of, the character and the purpose of it you will find when you look at who the head of that kingdom is. Who's the head of our kingdom? It's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. This kingdom then, if you turn over to Romans 14 and 17, and then we're going to go to Galatians 5, Romans 14 and 17 says these words, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is the kingdom that we're a part of. This is the kingdom that you've been translated into. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord this morning. Is that the kingdom you're in? In Galatians 5 then, and verse 22, we see the character of this kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit... This is the evidence of a changed life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. This is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we've been brought into. This is what we are to portray as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ by the grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the kingdom of the Antichrist is completely opposite. The Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, also known as the beast in Revelation 13, the little horn and so forth. This man is the head of an entire world system. The system is currently rising out of the sea. It's already begun. It's already rising up. The system will infiltrate every aspect of the life of this world. Politics, education, health, socially, environmentally, and religious. It will be a global world system. It's already there. This is the character and the purpose of the Antichrist. Verse 4, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us exactly what he is and what he's like, who opposeth and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is the Antichrist. Look at the verse again. Who opposeth and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's an opposer of everything of this God that we serve and this kingdom of which we are a part of. The word opposeth simply means to be adverse to or contrary to. He will oppose everything That is of God. Everything. Everything that is named by God. Everything that is called of God. Everything that is created by God. The Antichrist and the system of the Antichrist. He has not been disclosed in the sense of a revelation being shown to us. 
But the system that is already rising with which he's the head is already here. And it will infiltrate and you will come into contact with it every single day of your life. Many people don't think that, but it's already here. It's already rising and it is gaining strength rapidly in our generation. He will exalt himself or to raise himself over everything that is God. All that is called God. Look what it says in our reading. Everything that is called God, he will oppose and exalt himself over that. Everything that is called God. Everything in this world. So what do we mean by that? Or what is Paul telling us? He will oppose every aspect of what we understand, the basic fundamentals of Scripture and everything of what God is and who He is and what He has done, He will oppose creation. He will exalt Himself above creation. God's great work and the glory of what He has done as we look around this beautiful world and the skies above us, but He will oppose that. The infiltration of evolution is just remarkable in the last generation. But He will oppose this thought or as you hear today, fantasy, or even to the extreme where it's going, that it's child abuse to teach your children that God created everything. So he will oppose creation. Have you noticed that? Anybody notice that's happened? Theologically, scientifically, in every aspect, educationally, it all has crept into every part of our society. What is that? That is the Antichrist system. That is the Antichrist world. And so he will, he will oppose God's creation. He will exalt himself above that creation, man, woman, the current arguments and the current drive and the current manipulation and the agenda that we're currently engaged in and hearing that's changing rapidly the world in which we live that God created a man and God created a woman. That very idea, the identity of which God has created, is now opposed. And not only is it opposed, and we'll come to some of these things in a moment, they are going to legislate, now listen, this is really, they're going to legislate that you can't believe, you can't believe what you have a conscience they're going to legislate against your belief that God created the earth and he created man and woman. We're very close to that. So this is the system that's rising. Everything that is called God, marriage, the marriage union is between a man and a woman. Where This seems like distant now, but brothers and sisters, this is the Antichrist world system that's rising. Marriage is between a man and a woman, and within that context of marriage, they're in, to enjoy a physical relationship and procreate. But today, marriage, they say, has been redefined, not according to God's Word, but they will have an agenda to change the Word of God, family life, life itself. Who is the giver of life? God Himself. So life is no longer given and granted unto us by God, but this is now a choice that we can exterminate life, either at the beginning in the womb or at the end. 
we decide and we exalt ourselves and the system that's rising will oppose everything that is called God. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, if you turn to it and follow these readings this morning, because remember, this system will oppose everything that is called God. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 says these words, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Then what is it saying? That we should be called the sons of God. If you're born again this morning, you've been adopted into the family of God and you are a son of the living God through Jesus Christ. And what love he's bestowed upon us. Now this Antichrist system is going to oppose everything that is called God. So what's he going to oppose? You're a saint this morning. You're washed in the blood. This system's against you. Now I know we're living in a sleepy age of the church. I know that it's very complacent, but the Antichrist system's not complacent. He's going to oppose everything that is called God. We are the sons of God, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, praise the Lord, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the Antichrist system that's rising rapidly is going to oppose everything that's called God. And you're called of God this morning. You're son of God. So the opposition is against you. Not only individually, but in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. This is what it says. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. Paul writing says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. The house of God is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. We are in a battle. This is a fierce battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a real battle. And it's become more fierce in this last generation as the system, this Antichrist world is rising rapidly and they're against you, the saints of God, number two, and they're against the church of the living God. Everything then that is worshipped, the Antichrist is against, look at Second Thessalonians again if you would, who opposeth, verse 4, who opposeth and exalts himself above all that is called God, and this is a very important statement here that Paul makes, or that is worshipped. Listen carefully, or that is worshipped. He's opposing and exalting himself against everything that is worshipped. What the devil wants is what he's always wanted from the very beginning before a planet was ever made by God. He wanted the worship that ascended to the throne of God. That's why him and a third of the heavenly host were cast out of heaven. So here we see that in the manifestation of the last days, everything that is called off God or called God, he will oppose. But number two, 
He wants that which is worship, that which belongs to God. You know, our chief aim is that we'd worship and glorify God. That is why we've been created. We can only do that when we're brought into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and enter into that wonderful realm of true worship in spirit and in truth. But the devil wants the worship that should and belongs to God and God alone. That's important, isn't it? This whole aspect, that which is worshipped, is something that is adored, an object of worship or devotion. He wants to worship that is God's, that goes to God, so he sits as God in the temple of God. And brothers and sisters, I don't believe it's out of line at all this morning to tell you and to show you that in these last days, even in the contemporary worship scene, most of it is collected for the worship of the devil. That might seem extreme, but I remember many years ago when Brother Clendenin used to say, and say it often, and I always wondered, because I just couldn't grasp. I knew what he was saying, but I couldn't get it. But when that worship is in the flesh, it's all collected for the devil. When it's all about him, me, I, and so much of it is, all of that is collected together because it's not about Christ, it's about them, and it's all collected, and the devil collects it for his own worship, the Antichrist. It's more deception, more deceiving than what you think. He sits in the temple of God as God. Now we know in Scripture there's three temples. The Bible speaks of a heavenly temple. I tell you this morning, he's not sitting there. There's only one man sitting in that temple, and his name's Jesus. Praise the Lord. And he's not going to take that throne because Christ has already defeated him at Calvary and he's seated at the right hand of God. That temple's occupied this morning. That's the throne of grace. There's another temple. It's the physical temple, the temple in Jerusalem. Currently fulfilling the prophecy in the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, not one stone was left on top of another. AD 70, as the Lord said, that whole temple was destroyed. And then there was another temple that the Lord created, and that's a temple not made with hands. And that's the third temple. That's the body. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? The very purpose of your existence in your life is that you be saved, and Christ would come and dwell in your heart by faith. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The drive of this Antichrist system is about the individual, I, me, and mine. The system is driven, and this is important, is driven by a power. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a political gathering of people. It's not just a religious uh, 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 gathering of different religions together in an ecumenical sense, just Here's a good idea, we'll get this together. Here's a good idea, we'll join together and because of an environmental agency. Here's a good idea, we'll come together as a political identity, like the United Nations or the European Project, which is Antichrist at its very core. But behind the physical, this is so important because we don't wrestle against the flesh and the blood, it's principalities and powers. We know that's a spiritual battle. So it's not the people of Europe that we're against. We understand that there is a spiritual drive. And in that spiritual drive, it's driven by a power. 
And we must understand that our wrestle and our battle must be purely spiritual. Now John stands upon the sand of the sea. If you turn over to Revelation chapter 13, we're going to see just briefly this morning as an introduction to this, but we're going to see this morning this system that we're talking about, this Antichrist world. Here by revelation, the Lord reveals to John the Antichrist in Revelation 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. And he says, And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now the beast rising up out of the sea is the Antichrist system. This is the system that we're talking about this morning. This is the man of sin that will come forth out of that system. Now, you've you got to see the unity amongst that system. If you keep your finger there in Revelation 13, because Revelation 17 talks about it. If you flick over to Revelation 17, 13, and you'll see here just the unity amongst them. They'll come together. Their, their purpose in coming together is to oppose everything that's called God. Revelation 17, 13. These have one mind. Do you see how they come together? You, have you ever just sat back? Have you tried to just, for a moment, sit back and all the political goings-ons and all the different wings and movements, and all the different groups and all the different agendas? But do you know that they are actually united? They might have a particular agenda that they're driving, but actually they are one in their purpose. Do you see it? If you just listen to the conversation, it's the same. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. The beast is found in Revelation 13. Just go back for a moment to Revelation 13. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. It had seven heads. Now, this work gets difficult. If you just stay with it this morning, you're probably, some people might go, time to switch off, seven heads, ten, whatever, and everything else. I have no clue what they're talking about. The Bible interprets itself largely. And so we'll seek to do that from Scripture. But I honestly believe this is important for a church to be aware, to have a revelation of the days and the times that we have come to. I honestly believe now, the reason why so many are being deceived and being swept away is because they're not being taught. There are stories and fables and, there's, and there's, there's just nights of pleasure and entertainment. We're not against having a night of fellowship or, or, or entertainment in that sense in the right context. But because the church has just become so focused just on the pleasure of self, the, the sweeping end of deception that is swept across is because men in pulpits, and I'm not trying to say anything of me or anybody, I'm just saying because men will not rightly divide the Word of God. They will not bring God's people to the Word of God and tell them of the hour in which we're living and if needs be, rebuke and exhort and encourage in the things of God. Otherwise, deception, as it has done, will sweep most of the church board. And it's already happened. So it's important that we know and understand. Seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns is ten crowns. Upon his heads the name of blasphemy. I'm going to come to that in a couple of weeks' time. 
And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Now here is the character of the beast. A leopard. And his feet were the feet of a bear. And his mouth was the mouth of a lion. And the dragon. Now look at this this morning. And the dragon gave his power and his seat and great authority. Now who is the dragon? Somebody can shout it out. Praise the Lord, Joe. That's the devil. The old dragon gives his power to this antichrist world that has one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. And here he comes. He's rising up out of the sea. The sea is speaking of the peoples of the world, the nations of the world. The Bible tells us that in Revelation that the seas are always a type of the peoples of the world, in the turmoil of the last days, what comes out of particularly the Gentile nations, and that's important, is this antichrist system, this one world system that will will permeate through every government and every country of this world. It is an antichrist world, and it's driven by a power, and that power is the power of Satan. It is satanic. Now they would say to us this morning, we're fantasical, we're extremists, we're, we're, we're over the top, we're, we're, we're hyper this and hyper that. I'm going to tell you something. I am underestimating, I believe, the power of this antichrist world and the generation that we've come to because largely we're being lulled into a false sense of security And the church of Jesus Christ must stand up in these days. It is going to change every aspect of your life and mine. Everything. Every part of your life. Where you work, where you live, what you do, how you bank. What food you're supposed to eat. They'll ban you from flying. They'll ban you from eating a steak. And that might sound humorous, but listen to what they're doing, the driving of this controlling state, this antichrist system that's rising rapidly is going to control every aspect of your life and ultimately ends up with a cashless society. And we're nearly there. If only we could see it. If only we could get a God's eye view of where we are in time. You know, why has it happened just in this last generation? I believe it's sort of happened just from about the 1960s. The sexual revolution, so-called, and then the outpouring of wickedness that came across a land that was largely God-fearing, a Christian nation, now a post-Christian nation. And this whole evolving of this wickedness and this increase of wickedness in the generation of which we have seen has been driven by the power of Satan. Now, remember the Antichrist, that man of sin and his system is going to be given and driven and permitted to unleash everything of what it is. You know, if you've ever seen, you know, when they do the the bull rings and uh, they put the bull in the crusher, And the bull's sitting there. By nature, the bull is a beast. It's wild. 
But there's a restraint, and we'll come to that in the weeks to come. It seems as though there's a restraint on that bull. But have you ever noticed that when they pull the restraint off, open the trap door, and that bull comes out? What happens? That bull goes mad. What's happening is the devil knows his time is short. There's a restraint that will be lifted in the last days, and he will go mad into this world because he knows that Jesus is coming. And he will unleash all his wild power on this world. And we're there, brothers and sisters. We are there. And so we see Satan will empower a supernatural, satanic power. The prince of the power of the earth is going to drive this kingdom. Now in Daniel chapter 7, in the spirit of the age that the church is now sensing, Could I just ask every believer this morning a question? Just want you to think about the question. Have you sensed in your spirit, have you sensed a spiritual intensity in the world in which we're living? Anyone anyone sense that? I think that's the best way I can ask the question. Is there not a spiritual intensity in every home, in every life, wherever we work, and our business going around and doing when you're listening to the news, when you're hearing what's happening, when you're and you sense something, there's a spiritual intense. Anybody this brothers and sisters, do you sense that? Now that is the Holy Ghost bringing to you a, a, an understanding of the age of which we have come. And that's just not always the way I feel. But we know then that the unction that we have of the Holy One will give us an understanding and a witness in our spirit. Something is changing. You feel it in the workplace. You feel it in the schools. You feel it wherever you go, doctor surgeries, hospitals, offices, across this land, you are sensing a spiritual intensity. What's happening? Daniel chapter 7. Here we find that Daniel... uh, has a dream given to him by the Lord. This is the second time in Daniel that the dream is mentioned, as first mentioned with Nebuchadnezzar. We'll come back to that hopefully in a couple of weeks' time. And you see again these beasts. I know that the language is often language that we don't use and it's more difficult to grasp. But here we see again the Antichrist that Daniel prophesied of and the dream was given to him. Daniel 7.23 Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth and shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Now the fourth beast or the fourth kingdom, we, we can come, we're going to come to this in a couple of weeks time from the first stream that Nebuchadnezzar had. But this is important because you might say, well, fourth kingdom, fourth beast, what? I just don't know what he's talking about. Hopefully, by God's grace, we're going to help. But the fourth kingdom, why it's important is because out of that kingdom comes the Antichrist. That's where it comes from, the fourth kingdom, the fourth beast. So it's important to know this. But here it will be diverse. It shall devour the earth, shall tread it down, break it in pieces. Then the same language used, and the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, shall be diverse, from the first, and it shall subdue three kings. Now, I'm going to come to that in a couple of weeks, but I wanted to get to this part of the work and the character of the Antichrist. He shall speak great words against 
the Most High. Remember, he's against all, all that is called God. Come against everything of what is called God. Now here, I want to bring you to this this morning. Verse 25, would you read it? Because maybe this morning you're wondering, really, maybe even as a young Christian or a new Christian, but whether you're young in the faith or old in the faith, you're going to sense what's happening here. He'll speak against the Most High and shall wear out the saints. He's going to wear out the saints of the Most High. Who's the saints of the Most High? Praise the Lord. We're the saints this morning. Now, what's he going to do, Sandra? He's going to wear you out. He's going to work you over. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. He's going to start a job on you. Just bit by bit, because nobody knows. You're never going to deny the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. You're never going to abandon the faith because you love the Lord. You're born in the Spirit. You're washed in the blood. Your name's in glory. You're going home to be with Jesus. You love His Word. You're full of the Spirit of God. And you love to be with God's people. And He knows you're not going to deny the name of Jesus Christ. But He's another tactic. Here's another one. And this is what the Bible says he'll do. This is the day that we've come to. This is the age which we've come to, church. He's going to wear out the saints. He's going to start working on you day in and day out. I know what the word wear out means. It means he's going to afflict them. He's just going to keep throwing everything at them. We'll see how they go with this one. We'll see how they go with this one. Here's more troubles. Here's more trials. Here's more turmoil. Here's more difficulties. Here's more troubles in your home. Here's more troubles in your mind. I'll take your peace. I'll take your joy. I'll take your praise. I'll take your hope. I'll take your faith. I'll try you in every corner. I'm going to wear you out. Does that sound like a familiar tactic? Come on this morning, brothers and sisters. We're all together in this. Any church, and there's many of them that are standing up for the Lord Jesus Christ in this day, if you compare the notes, and not that we want to over-focus on it, as Brent was talking about this morning, of all the troubles and trials and woes and difficulties and everything that's happening, because he wants us to focus on it. But you'll find across the board of the remnant of the Lord Jesus Christ, across these islands, across the world, know what's happening? They're being worn out. Afflictions, trials, difficulties, everything of the powers of darkness is coming. Anybody experience that? You know, if you're saved and you're walking with the Lord, every hand in this room should be up. And you know what that does? It sort of encourages each one of us to know, you know, you're not, it's not just you. Do you know what I mean? It's not just me. It's not just, whoa, 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 pity me. He doesn't pick on anybody else. He's picking on us all. Right? But this is what will happen in the last days as that kingdom rises and strengthens. We see that he will wear out the saints of the Most High. The word simply means afflict the spirit of the Antichrist will seek to afflict the saints, wear them down. But the tactic will be in those last days to slowly, surely keep afflicting them with fear, trials, to tell them it's not worth going on. Better to jack it in. Better to walk away. There's Listen, you have tried and tried. It's not going to work. You're nothing. We know we're nothing. 
Do you know all the usual old stuff? And then, though, the worst about it is sometimes we start believing that too. We start sort of wallowing in with the devil and he's rubbing our back and we're going, oh, it's great, I found a friend. He's not your friend. And we go through all the same old rubbish and go through it all. Let me tell you something this morning, brothers and sisters. We are not ignorant of his devices. So you take your joy, your praise, your hope, and your faith. 1 John chapter 4, would you turn to it for a moment before we go back to Daniel 7. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1. John the Apostle, I love the, the Apostle John. He's up in years, if you say. He, he's an old man now. He's maybe up in his 90s when he's writing uh, these epistles. And he writes these words and you can hear the sense of a father of an apostle and a father figure, if you like, speaking to the children of God. And he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is not, is come in the flesh, sorry, is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, is not of God. Now stop there for a moment, because this is important, because we know that there are cults uh, that claim to be Christian and follower of Christ, that deny that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and he is of God. They deny the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's actually, that's the, that's the ones that's easy to identify. It's when you go below that. What does it mean? No, the Bible tells us that the Word became flesh and what? Dwelt among us. Who is the Word? Jesus Christ. He is the Word. Now, when people then deny the Word of God, then they're denying that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So when they begin to take out parts of the Word, and change them to suit the lifestyle, and still say, but I'm a Christian too. This is my practice. This is how I live. This is what I do. But I know God loves me. And it doesn't mean that when God says that in in His Word, it doesn't mean what He says. We have a different interpretation. Actually, what we'll do is, we'll create our own translation of the Bible. So you have a Bible that's printed for the homosexual community that fits their lifestyle. That's Antichrist. It is Antichrist. And so he says, In every spirit, verse 3, that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is not of God. And this is that, this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. Ye Now, how are we going to do this? How are we going to survive in this? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Would you read it with me this morning? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Would you say amen? Amen. Would the saints shout hallelujah? hallelujah? Praise the Lord. With everything that's going to happen, And all the powers of darkness, the rise of the Antichrist, the man of sin, and all the systems of the world coming together to make war with the saints. Praise God! Because greater is he that is in me than he's in the world. Isn't that an awesome thing?
They're going to throw everything at us, but with an overcoming life within us. And what they'll seek to do, Daniel chapter 7 again, if you will come to a close in a minute. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, he'll speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change. What will he seek to do? Change the times and laws. Anybody think that the Antichrist is on the rise? He'll change times and laws. There's much debate about these few words. Change the times and the laws. Many of the old writers believed that there would be a change to the times of Jewish festivals. I personally don't believe that. I believe this is a Gentile antichrist that will seek in the end times to change the laws and the times of that last generation, that world system. There'll be a change. There'll be a change in times and laws. Anybody heard the word climate change? Now, please put your brown bin out, your blue bin, your black box, whatever. Do the right thing if you can. Recycle your plastics, everything else. But you know what we're heading towards? Listen, what we're heading towards? We're heading towards a state that's going to tax you to put you in bondage, that's going to legislate for every part of your life where you can go, what you can drive, what you can eat, where you can fly to, whether you can fly or whether you can't fly. They're going to change. My personal opinion is the whole climate change agenda is part of the Antichrist movement. Now, I know that a lot of people might disagree. <laughs> I know we'll probably have tree huggers climbing that tree next Sunday morning, you know, not moving and everything else. Let me tell you something. I believe God has given us a wonderful world and it's his glory that's created everything and we are to look after it. But let me tell you the agenda behind these people is to control the change and to control every aspect of your life. You know, this, is it vegan? What is that all about? You can't eat meat? You joking? Come on, I mean, think about it. To save the environment, we shouldn't be beef, milk, everything. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, there's an agenda behind it, and it is an antichrist agenda. And they want to change the times. Not only do they want to change the times, they're going to change the law. What law am I talking about? This law. They're going to change God's word because they have to. There's going to be a change, and we've witnessed it. We've seen it. They're going to call that which is good evil and that which is evil good. Isn't that right? Do you know you're an evil person? If you believe what you believe, what I believe, you're evil. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You're everything else. And that power is driving and being driven more furiously every day. 
The laws will be changed. That's God's law. Romans 1.25. They will change the truth of God into a lie. It will. It's a lie. And they worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Romans 1 verse 26. For this cause God gave them up to a vile, vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, we don't want God any mention of God in our lives, in our workplace. Now, right? People working in the health systems, Judith, don't mention God. In politics, take God out of it. In every aspect of your life and my life from the schools, we want God removed from the schools. We don't want this anymore taught. This is a nation that has known the great hand of God upon it. But today we're saying, take your hand from us. We don't even want to retain the knowledge of God in our heads. What happens? God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. The great give-ups of God. He gives them up. We're not God We must preach the gospel. We must go out and tell people of their need of a savior. The gospel still is the power of God. We're not to huddle in and say it's the last days and be some type of monastery. We have to go to the very ends of the world and preach the gospel to every man, whether we'll be received or not. But we must preach the gospel. It's the only hope of our nation. But they'll change every law. They've already done it. They've changed the laws concerning marriage, changed the laws concerning abortion. They actually did that without one of you voting for it or not. That is an antichrist system. Do you hear me this morning? That is antichrist. You never even voted whether you wanted that or not. And they say this is a democratic society. No, it's not. This is a system. Nikki got an email just the, the other day. It's horrific, but it's so slick it, it has the devil's hand all over it. Just on the eve, when the parliament was about to break uh, for the election back in November, they slipped one more agenda in before anybody else could hear of it. Do you know what that agenda This is in England and Wales, but you know what's over there is coming over here. So this religious and uh, sexual sex classes or sex awareness, relationship class, religious, what is it, R, R-S-A, is it, E? It's something like that. We'll get it for you. But in that agenda, they've created a policy. Listen to this. You'd think this is China. You'd think this is some type of dictatorship. They've created a policy, and in that policy, they'll say they will consult the parent 
concerning what type of legislation they'll bring in or policy they'll bring into the local school to teach children about LGBT matters or what way they're going to do that. The parent will have a say, but the department then released a statement to watch out those parents that in any way will show any displeasure of that teaching and pass their information into the department so we can find out who's against this. What's that sound like? This has come into law in 2020 in England, September of this year. What happens there seems to be following straight over across the water. I tell you, brothers and sisters, two things we need to do. Number one, we need to pray because that's our spiritual battle. But number two, we need to know what's coming in and we need to know and do something about it. You will not, you can oppose, but once you oppose, you're marked. And your information, here's a man, here's Mr. Sloster, he's against, he doesn't want his child being taught that. Pass that information along to the department. Where are we going with this? I'm not trying to, I'm just, this actually came in. She did not alarm us. Do you know what that is? That's an antichrist system. We need the waking to the day we're in. No longer empty and dead prayer meetings. No longer vacating the altar. No longer apathetic and slumber and sleep and backslidden. No longer cold in heart and indifferent. No longer wallowing in our own wee worlds. Brothers and sisters, surely it's time with all of this before us, and this is around us, surely it's time that we waken up. John says these words as I close, 1 John 2 and 18. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know, whereby we know, that it is, this is how we know, it is, it is the last time. It is the last time. Lord, help us. Awaken us. Stir us. Let us lift up our heads under the hills, for whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. Let's stand together this morning. Praise the Lord. Brother David and Johnny.